Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Which is, of course, encircled commander speak for Achtung, Achtung, rather than every man for himself, which is encircled commander who really hasn't got any ideas um, <laughs> speak for Achtung, Achtung. 80 years ago this week, the rats of Tobruk, of course, finally escaped from the siege after a mere 241 days. I mean, we did lockdown for 18 months, lads. Um, a pandemic for 18 <laughs> yeah, months, lads. What are they complaining about? And nothing. they had their asses to the sea. And, you know, they were getting supplies in. <laughs> Sherwood Rangers on I mean, guns there. One of the great defensive actions of the war. 6,000 casualties suffered by the Allies, many of them Australian, but one of the, the great... I mean, you know, um, exemplary in that they they don't cut and run, um, which is up to that point the Allied style, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, oh, right, we'll, and, evacu- we'll evacuate then. And I don't want to kind of rake up old wounds and, and old frustrations, but, <laughs> you know, to Brooke, it showed, it showed its worth and the point of having that as a defensive barrier yeah. rather than the Gazala line. That yeah, Richie yeah, yeah, was yeah. so keen on an organ yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I was listening to um, I was listening to your um, uh, trip around Malta, right? Um, that you did for us. The absolutely fantastic <laughs> walking the ground that you did for us a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was good and fun. By though. by God, I was urging you to have a go at Hugh Pulloid. By the time, I mean, well, as I did, a, didn't as I? A, I know, but but the moment it started, I think, go on, go on, say Hugh Pulloid. Go say on, it. go on. So and I'm, you were waiting for it. It's like it's, minute 27. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I know, I, but it was very much like, uh, now I understand a little what it's like being a listener to this podcast. <laughs> there's, a certain, there's certain things that are like, uh, the, the, the sort of, we have ways to Go on, Jim, it. you can do it. Go on, say well, it. And I, I'll, I'll admit, to you're a footnote in my uh, in, in my current draft oh, well, of, what, uh, that is a high honour well it's uh, very bitter winters and the footnote says <laughs> see James Holland well I'm, and, I'm looking forward to getting ad nauseam <laughs> well you know, after this we're talking <laughs> ad nauseam <laughs> that's, that's very good that's very good no, I'm, 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 um, I'm not remote bit offended and actually rather flattered uh, <laughs> well you shouldn't be you shouldn't be offended I'm not yeah. I'm really it's pleased your note your note 40 James Holland ad nauseam there you are that's, that's, to do, that's what you're good. it's to do with 
Well, in a winter that was typically typically bitter, it was the poor bloody infantry who'd have to deal with the squalor of a winter campaign in a winter that was typically bitter for the 1940s. Footnote number 40, James Holland and Nausea. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very good. That's very good. Well, actually, after this conversation, we're talking to talking to the legend that is Chris Bellamy. And I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to a little bit more kind of weather and harsh winters chat because yeah. we're talking yeah. December yeah. 1941, aren't we? Anyway. Yes, yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> which we're lining up for the 80th anniversary of December 1941. Um, oh, of course, future yes. future treats for the for the listener. Exactly. Yeah. But but talking of encircled commander speak, um, of course there is um, Pierre <laughs> Koenig of of course and Birchahim. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they they decide yeah. actually. Do you know what? We're gonna, come on, lads, let's break out tonight. Yeah. Or um, allez garçon. Allez, garçons. <laughs> Nous allons quitter ce soir. <laughs> Tout le monde. Vite, vite. Um, now, I listened to um, uh, you, uh, Family Stories yesterday when I was in the car. Mm. And uh, and it's fantastic that it's back and everyone's contributions are amazing. But Stuart Bertie sent us this extraordinary thing. So, so Stuart Bertie's story was the story of his grandfather, Fred. And Fred had told him when he, when he was a little boy, the, the story goes, Fred... When 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 Stuart's father was a little boy, he'd be taken he'd be taken for these long walks by his by his by his dad, by his grandpa. His grandpa, so Stuart's, Stuart's granddad. Yeah, Stuart's great grandpa. Stuart's, Stuart's, Stuart's yeah, exactly. He'd be taken for long walks, um, basically to get a pint on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, to get a pint on a Sunday in Scotland, um, what you had to do was um, uh, it, on a Sunday you had to be in a hotel and you had to say you were a traveller. So they'd get the ferry somewhere. And then they'd uh, they'd claim that they were, you know, travelling, so they were allowed a pint. Right. And he'd yes, sit and yes, eat his yes. lemon, drink his lemonade, and eat his crisps while his, while his uh, dad had his pint. But basically, Fred's story was he 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 fights in the First World War as an infantryman in the Black Watch. Yeah. Then when the Second World War comes, he's sort of fifty, so he he stays in the Merchant Navy, and is sunk um, by a U-boat. Um, uh, uh, the, he's on the SS Hartford. Right. And the and the boat sunk by U five seven one, the real one, right? And and the story, the family story was from old Fred was like we were in the water in our lifeboats, <clears> and the U boat surfaced, and the guy offered us um, food and water, and we told him to get knotted, right? Yeah. And basically, the fact the you know Stuart says I thought well maybe this is another one of uh, Grampy's tall tales. This probably this can't be this can't be true, right? So he got into researching it. And yesterday he posted on Twitter a picture of um, of uh, Corvette Capitaine Molman, who's the yes, commander of U five seven one. Yeah, um, of the U boat of his grand of his grandpa. And basically, you've got <clears throat> in the in the U boat's diary the long long you know they, uh, and they had a, someone help them research it the long long discussion of um, a, a, a description of stalking the SS Hartford. Finally, after ten hours, finally actually began to hit it with torpedoes because it's zigzagging so much. They finally hit it. It goes down, and the cat, the Corvette Capitan Molman, says in his diary, "I surfaced and offered them rum, and they seemed well disciplined. But I offered them rum and uh, biscuits uh, to, to help them, you know, to see if they were help them survive." Yep. You know, apologised for sinking the SS Hartford. So doubtless, it's one of those like, you know, my sincerest condolences. It's this awful war. I'm sorry, chaps. Yes. I'm trying to have. Yeah, all victims. Help yeah. That's right. He says we are refused. We re- they refused our assistance, right? So that's in his diary. Yeah. Then it's also in the in the in the um, uh, Tuckett, who's the captain. It's in his log as well that they were that the U boat did the same thing and that the men the men refused quite robustly. Um, it's absolutely amazing. And and Stuart with his research, I mean, he tells you this story and then and then he does the full. It's fully cross referenced. It, it's it's in in in. The eyewitness testimony, it's in the written down, you know, official history and in, in from both angles. Absolutely amazing. And yeah. they were they were at sea for five days in their lifeboats before they were rescued. Wow. And, and there's his <clears throat> there's his grampy's name, you know, um, up it pops. It was the most amazing story. And I, I, so he's no Uncle know, Albert, is he? No, exactly. 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 <laughs> and then and then the ironclad story. About the um, uh, Rainier brothers was absolutely amazing. The story you read, <laughs> unbelievable. I was reading this just thinking, God, you know, we've taken family stories up a notch on this one. I can tell you, yeah. I mean, two brothers yeah. didn't hadn't seen each other for ages. Realized, didn't realize at the time that they were both landing on the same beach. One of them gets a posthumous um, MC, I think, 
And one yeah. of the recommendations comes from the French gunner officer he was attacking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how amazing yes, is that? I mean, I can't think of another... I've never, ever come across um, a, a medal being awarded with the help of a citation from the enemy. From the other... To the other side, I mean, yeah. it's just absolutely incredible. Yeah. And it yeah. sounded quite like quite vicious fighting, didn't it? It did. And... Well, and yeah. You know, we think of and, Ironclad as this little sideshow, and I, I know you're an advocate of Ironclad, but I mean, Jesus, I mean, what an important operation that was. It's incredibly important. It's incredibly and it, and important. It's so important, and, and it's just completely it's completely swept on the carpet, and no one really cares. Yeah, yeah. And it's because it goes well. And if they if they screwed it up, and the Japanese had got, a, had got the hold of the the port of Madagascar and how likely they're actually again it's one of those it's one of those sort of what ifs how likely were they able to actually be would they have been able to pull that off would they have been able to supply it would they have been able to you know yep. run a run a <clears throat> harbour there but that's not that's sort of even the possibility of it being open to the Japanese using it you know that 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 ruins the cape if you can't if yep. you you can't get round the cape isn't it amazing I mean, it is amazing isn't it how how you know you you have these kind of sort of you know, 1941 was a terrible year for Britain and, and her allies. You know, 1942 was a terrible year for Britain and her allies. And then you think, well, actually, there's some quite good moments too. You know, certainly, in, you know, May 1942, yes, but, that's, that's but quite a good one. Not, well, exactly. But, but 1942, it, 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 I mean, it, it starts terribly, ends well. It's the, it's the, yeah, for the allies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose I'm talking about the first half of 1942, aren't I? But, yeah. But, but yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's 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 so interesting. Well, I've I've had a fascinating. I've got some fascinating questions last week because I was in I was in Spain, um, promoting oh, yeah. doing, promoting, that, promoting doing that other war. No, that no, other no, war. no, 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 Cecilia no, 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 um, uh, anyway, I have loads of really, really interesting questions, and one of them was: I've been thinking, um, why, why did the Allies insist on going to Sicily? I mean, why not just invade Spain? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I just actually thought. I mean, I just never even considered that. And so I said, so, well, you know, I mean, obviously the Allies aren't really in the business of um, invading a neutral country. You know, that's not really kind of what yeah. they're about. But, but yeah, I was sort of thinking about it. You know, what, what would that mean? Well, you run another peninsula campaign, don't you? I mean, you you still. Yeah, but you're not going. You know, you know, are you going to get any oppo from 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 Franco? No. Yes, I don't know. Not really. There you go. <laughs> not really. Not much. He hasn't got any. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, the Germans would cross exactly. the Pyrenees, wouldn't they, to try and meet it? Yeah. Yes, I guess, and 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 then you've. I mean, the problem with Spain is you have to get out of Spain, don't you? Once you're in it, with and the Pyrenees, are your your issue, aren't they? Yeah, and, and it's there's big. Only, there's a it's big, and there's and there's only two ways. There's only two ways out of Spain, isn't there? One which is round each side of the Pyrenees, isn't it? Each each end. <clears throat> yeah, so it's, it's actually, not ideal. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, no, the Straits of Messina look a lot better, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, it was interesting. Though. Yeah, uh, well, it also it was almost there was like a sort say, of touch of regret I felt with the I question. Mean, the Allies do in the Allies do invade places. I mean, Iceland Iceland is nothing to do with anybody, and the Allies the Allies. Uh, how do we put it? Second or se- sequester? Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're just they? guarding. They've just been guardians. Oh, they're just guardians. <laughs> oh, okay. They're protecting the Icelanders. So we've been taking Spain into um, the into Allied protection, is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know, um, I mean, obviously, it's never going to work in a million years. I mean, part of that, part, no. part of the geography, part of the fact that it's a neutral country, part of the fact that Franco's fascist. I mean, you know, do you really want to? Yeah. Over, I mean, you could overrun Franco and get rid of the nationalists, I suppose. But you know. It sounds like a whole lot of work. Sounds like a whole lot of hassle could go badly wrong. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and somehow unite fascism all over the, you know, all over again. I suppose. Yeah, I, I, that's a very good question. What did you say? Well, I've never uh, really thought about that. I did say that. I said um, I, I came clean, but I also I, I said said you know, <laughs> you know if you if you're looking if you're planning and you're thinking, is it a good idea to um, invade a country? Um, a fascist country that's also neutral and is massive, is that a good idea for you? You know, when you've got Sicily, yeah. which is much closer to where you want to be and actually yeah. getting Italy out of the war. Well, and has the enemy in it. And has the enemy in it. And, you know, it's got the Straits of Messina and hasn't got the Pyrenees. Um, it's not really even a consideration, is it? 
Yeah. Well, clearly it wasn't. But I just thought it was an interesting question. Lots and lots of stuff. Oh, lots and lots of questions about the mafia. Lots of questions about Patton and Monty. Lots of questions. Is why do you think Sicily hasn't been as you know, is not quite on people's minds in the same way as Normandy? Um, lots of that. Um, but it was interesting. And then we all got, <laughs> then we got into a very kind of deep one about about should there be an EU army? Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that was one of the that was one of the bogeymen during the Brexit campaign, wasn't it? Although there'll be an EU army. Yeah. Well, I don't think so. Not, idea, not why they got NATO. I'm sure, sure organising well, also... organising an EU army would go down really, really well with the number one contributor to NATO. It protects. No. I mean, if you're but America, also... you you wouldn't be that chuffed to have that, would you? But also, if there were an EU army, I think the British would insist on running it, wouldn't they? And. Uh... Well, no, the Germans insist on running it, and that wouldn't work. Or the French. Yeah, but they don't. But they work. don't really have an army. They, they don't have an army. I mean, they need to not up their much, game. They're not they, much but... interested in it. Yeah. No, you know, not anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, so if you enjoyed the return of family stories, I, I, there's a digression for you. Oh, Germans running an EU army. <laughs> if you, I hope you, if you enjoyed the return of our Sunday morning family stories episode this week, um, is um, we love. We absolutely love doing this, and um, the last run was really, really fantastic and, and moving and, fa- and interesting. And also, that thing of the war as a gigantic mosaic is yeah. uh, 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 tons of fun. So we're running this second series for the next t- ten weeks. So do keep sending them in. The best place to leave them is on the family stories tab and on members site patreon.com slash we have ways, or you can email them to we have ways podcast, which is spelt as it sounds. We have ways podcast at gmail.com we have ways podcast at gmail.com and also By the I way, just I'll... say that um just to sort of chip in um but also it's, it's yeah. also lovely getting um uh, family stories from from overseas isn't it not just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, oh no from everywhere, everywhere. The, the, this is the thing we want we want all them from all the over because, yeah 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 all around the world um we're um we'll be beaming into your homes from the ref museum yeah looking forward to um, that at 8 30 p.m and the following monday we're at the national army museum for the launch of the Sherwood rangers exhibition um which Woo-hoo. Jim curated, so that's that's. I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, and we're hoping you to have bu- some some um, IC members there. I yeah, think we're you were buying. Done. Were you buying battle dress the other day? Uh, there was, was a photo on your on your because I look I look I glance at your Instagram even. Um, <laughs> no, have a like have no. a have a rack of battle dress on. <laughs> yeah, a... no, no. I went up to my lockup last uh, yesterday, and um, that's your lockup. Yeah, that's my that's my cave. I think I think there's definitely an edition of um, you know, through the keyhole with people's lockups. Yeah, well, come on down. Whose lockup is whose lockup is this? It's from a battle dress. <laughs> It'll be quite easy. Um, and I looked at them all. I just looked at this huge rack of uniforms. I just thought, Jesus, where did they all come from? I felt a bit embarrassed, but then I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> I'm rusting out because because I've got all this filming to do in them um, starting next week and then into into the new year and we're, we're doing it all from it's, it's quite an interesting concept actually so so the idea is that it's I, I can't remember what it's called I think it's going to be called Hidden Stories of World War Two yeah, great excellent uh, yeah very strong kind of cliche title but um, the idea is is that you're you're doing sort of micro to macro micro to macro the whole time so you, you yeah. you're picking an yeah. incident. So it might be yeah. Guderian crossing the Meurs, or it might right. be um, Jim Howard in his P-51 taking off 30 Messerschmitts on the 11th of January yeah. 1944. Right. And, and right. so you start, that's your drop colour intro, straight in at the kind of the drama. And then, yeah. you, and then you pull out again. So what was he doing here? You know, why a Mustang? Yeah. What's the Mustang doing here? What's the strategic air plan? Why is this important for D-Day? You know, who's who? Yeah. What's what? Where are the Luftwaffe at this moment? And so, yeah. and, and then you go back into the micro again and kind of into the detail of the individuals and then you come out again. But anyway, but you do the whole thing from a studio. So it's like a, right. think match of the day or think news programme. Yeah. So yeah. we'll do goggle boxing with, with archive rather than having archive as, yeah. as wallpaper. And we'll yeah. beam in you know, John Buckley, John McManus, Mike Nyberg, whoever it might be. Yeah. So for your experts, you've got a um, uh, a green screen kind of um, map table. Yeah. And you kind of sort of cut it all together, and you and and you have documents and all the rest of it. So one room is a sort of command post. So it's going to look like yeah. like the sort of um, the command room at, at Lascaris. Yeah. And the other one is my study in inverted commas. 
with shelves Very and good. ephemera and stuff. So anyway, so we've been hunting for stuff and, and things to make it, you know, set dressing and all this kind of stuff. So I went, well, I've got loads of stuff. I've got, you know... <laughs> And boy, do I have loads of stuff, <laughs> as I discovered when I raided my my um, but my container. You're not going paintballing in tanks, though, are you? No, you no, 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 no. Let's let's face it. This is this is the poor man's option compared to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to go paintballing in tanks. I've got to say, you kind of uh, you you better my appetite for that one. But it's an interesting concept, I think, and and you know whether it works or not, I don't know. But at least we got total control over the content, which is makes me very happy. Well, that well, that's the and that's that, actually that, um, three quarters of the way there, aren't you? I I think usually, yeah. It's like yes, you, you, you're you're or you're you're more likely to. Well, I always think you're more likely to end up a thing that if it doesn't work out, you at least say, well, we it was our our mistake, not someone else's. Yeah, that's how I always feel about when you when you're making something. I'd I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather the um, the cock ups were mine. Yeah, you know what I mean. The, than, than than anyone else's. I thought that would work. Yeah. Rather than they said it would work and it didn't. Like, yep. That's the thing I can't abide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, anyway, the um, Lascaris War Room command post is going to, is going to be variably um, in a studio in Bournemouth and in a granary barn in the Chalk Valley. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh what? But I mean. That battle dress. I mean, I, hang on. Yeah. Let me just pull this. Let me just pull this picture up because I want to. I, I just want to. I just okay. want to have a quick look. Yeah. And because uh, it's, it's, it's not I just know. battle dress, there, No, I know. But I glanced. I glanced battle dress. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. So James, James Holland, 1940 on Instagram. I mean, look at it. So there's battle dress at the front. Got you. And then there's things with there's something with the major's pips on it. I think or a lieutenant colonel's. Wow. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That's quite What's a good that? one. That's a, it's, it's Royal Signals, but it's um um it's it's a really nice nice one. The 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 I think the kind of the 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 pièce de la résistance on that that particular picture uh, that that particular rack is the Polish one, which I think is one two three fourth in. You can just see yeah. the kind of master. Oh, yeah, the tab. Yes, the yeah, those epaulets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you go down and you you know you 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 know there's a few Bosch ones there and. I mean, you, you see the shoulder tabs. That's actually that's actually Soviet. That's Red Army. That one you can't really see it, but it's, right. a, it's one of those sort of crappy cotton shirts they wore in yeah. summer. But Jim, you say on that rail implies there's another rail. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just. I mean, I'm it's just, just I'm just one. looking around my room in here. I've got um, <laughs> I've got Sherwood Rangers one. I've got a Durham Tyne Tees one. I've then got my um, um, Lancaster Bombers Irvin. What would one expect to pay for battle dress? Oh, they're really cheap. Christmas is coming. <laughs> they're really cheap. They cost yeah, me nothing. Someone, the person in your life who you want to buy battle dress. <laughs> what, what, what would a discerning listener to We Have Ways who thinks, I tell you what, if my wife dressed up in battle dress this evening. Well, I mean, I, I, can, I can discuss this because Rachel's long ago given up listening <laughs> to the it depends is the long and short of it. I mean, you know, you're you're of your average bog standard, nothing on it, genuine wartime battle dress, you know, seventy five quid. Really? Something like that. Well I suppose they're made 100, a lot of hundred, hundred, you know, maybe. But I mean the Polish one I got well, I paid a little bit for that. I got that at auction. I did pay a little bit for that. But but um right. you know hundred and fifty. Right. Okay. Two hundred quid. Okay. Something like that. I mean, I have got a lot now. Right. <laughs> and it's not that. I mean, I think I think probably the most valuable piece I've got is probably the German greatcoat. Yeah. You know, the big leather yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. eight cows worth of leather greatcoat. Yeah. Which is, I think, yeah. dates from 1937. Right. And, and it, you know, it's 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 it is a, it's just extraordinary. Um, yeah. But but also the Denisons I've got. I've got two genuine denizens right so with the short with the short zip i've got one smock yeah one smock and one one full down uh, and and the the right. water the, the the full down zip is is 44 um but yeah. the other one i think is 43 that's the one that went pink yeah. remember yes. all the dye came yeah, out yeah, of it. yeah 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 because yeah, 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 it was cheap cheap dye because yeah. no one's going to wear yeah. it for very long but well, i think I, I would imagine yeah. the um, i would imagine hold on 
I mean, this has got to be worth a bobble too, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is absolutely the real tell the, thing. Tell the, tell the listener, Jim, what have we got here? Okay, so this is my Irvin. This is... Um, um, this is this was worn by a, a Lancaster pilot, pilot, and, and it's a, it's absolutely in just incredible condition. But but yeah. you know it's got it, it's absolutely um, the real thing because it's got all these little yeah. sort of features on it which only the real ones have. Um, right, right. So um, so that's good. Um, and it, I don't know how much is that that's worth. I mean. You know, these things are kind of worth what people want to pay for them, aren't they? But. Yes, that's true. That's true. Things are, are well. That's true of anything, though, isn't it? In the end, unless someone's prepared to cough for it. But I've also got a massive. I've got a massive thing for for U.S. Navy N1 deck jackets, and I've got I've got three originals, and one of one of them comes with a photo album, and you know, it's got provenance and it's got his name on the back and all the rest of it. It's it's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I, be, I keep meaning to get that double-sided framed. I thought it'd be cool to kind of put it in a square glass frame. Oh, yeah. But you could flip it side because it's quite nice seeing the back of it because it's got his name on it. So one week yeah. you could have it on the wall at kind of, you know. Yes, I've got some double-sided frames. For that, for those escape maps I've got, I've got this 1950s. Oh, yeah, right. okay, yeah. Uh, uh, 1950s Valiant Bomber crew escape maps. of. Ooh, that's um, very good. Of the Crimea. They're two-sided. Really? They're two-sided silk maps. Yeah, so that's yeah, where yeah. they were heading. They're, that's for when you're shot down, having nuked Moscow. Nu- nu- nuked, well, no, presumably from the Crimea, nuking kind well, of you know, back. Well, I think or no. I think you're. I think you're on an overflight. I think you're flying from Lincolnshire to Turkey or something. Oh right, or yeah. Cy- or Cyprus or something. I mean, it, they're, they're they're. I mean, but they're basically one-way trip maps, and they're they're the they're these big, you know, they're, they're sort of they're the size of a size of a. a uh, one of those enormous handkerchiefs, yeah. and they're silk, and they're two sided, and 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 on a on a scale that, that would be no use to you once you're on the ground. <laughs> okay, that's really clear. Okay, so 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 that which I, I'm putting up literally yeah. sort of half an inch. That's the sort of 194 kilometres. Yeah, it's that side. Of, it's that kind of scale. Yeah, yeah. But they're they're quite the they're quite the item. My my father in law he, he stole them um, or liberated them or or yeah. they they fell they they, they um they went into his protection in the way that Spain would have done had the Allies invaded Spain um uh, when when he was doing his national when he was doing his national service on the base he was on the flu flu valiance I think anyway um I, I tell you what we'll take a break and then we'll do some questions yes yes. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray, and James Holland. A, a, a digressionary and diversive chat there. Um, I, I've only got the one Denison, and it's a and it's a fifties replica. So there you go. I can't I can't match you on the sheer amount of uh, stuff, Jim. Right? Yeah, but you do, do have questions? a genuine airborne helmet. I do have a genuine air, airborne helmet. Sat over there next to my inflatable seventeen pounder round. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Right. Um, uh, and I should also should just we... say before we do, just very quickly before we do questions, so we'll talk oh, about yeah, divas sure, another yeah. time. But I'm, I'm I am um, reading PCA's new book. Um, oh, about the about the 1945. The, the wind. The, so the wind. Is it about the? Uh, uh, there's a winter feature. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. There's a, there's a mention of weather, uh, which obviously I enjoyed enormously. Um, but but yeah, no, it's, it's 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 terrific stuff. I mean, really, really, really good. And and his one of the things that is is it's right at the start of the book, but he because because it's in November. But he's a big fan of Jake Devers, who is the um, Sixth yeah. Army Group commander. So he's got yeah. he's got Patch under him, and he's got Delatra, who's the um, First yeah. Army French First Army. And yeah. Devers has got quite a tricky job because he's got all these different troops. He's and and you know even within the French armies, they've got you know they've got these yeah. FFI, you know these former French resistance guys who've been sort of given yeah. kind of crash training and shoved into the front line and the colonial troops from north america north africa have started to be pulled yeah. out yeah. And, and all that is that that whole rollover of different people is is incredibly complicated to implement well i mean it's amazing how the french army um springs into life again isn't it after after the fall of paris isn't it you get this extraordinary yeah sort of dr- draw of people into the french army we got second army in third army which is the, yeah. the that's the leclerc one um, yeah, uh, and also, of course, it's got loads of Spanish in it because it's a Spanish tank crew that goes into Paris on the twenty fifth August and all the rest of it. But anyway, yeah. so so but 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 Divas is is 
he's in the same year group as Patton and William Simpson, Ninth Army Commander. Yep. Yep. So he goes out of West Point in 1909. He later teaches mathematics to Eisenhower and Bradley. And they're then on the same higher staff, you know, uh, as an instructor, one of the things he's got yeah. to do. Uh, so he's a very yeah. clever guy. And and later he's in the, um, it, you know, he's in the same kind of, you know, higher staff yeah. course, whatever it's called, yeah. Um, yeah, of yeah. 1925 with Eisenhower. Uh, and, he's a, yeah. and he's a Marshall protégé. Right. Well, they all they all are in the end, aren't they? But but but, but for, for all the kind of loveliness of Ike and how you know everyone says what a nice guy he is, he's he's got a beef with Devers. Right. He just doesn't like what, the cover. Of, he just doesn't like him because he marks his because he marks his maths homework down. I mean, yeah, gave him a C minus or something. <laughs> I don't know. He just he's got he's got a beef with him. And right. There is this moment in the third week of November when everyone else is struggling, when Patton's on kind of hold and everything, and everyone's really yeah. really struggling. And it's absolutely clear that in Ike's eyes, Twelfth Army Davis Group is... and Twenty First Army Group get the priority. You know, they're the right. guys who've yeah, done yeah. the hard yards since since D Day. Yeah. And yeah. and Patch and, and Divas and, and Delatra down in, in southern France moving their way up, you know, that that's their second that, fiddle. They've had it easy. They've had it easy yeah. and they're second fiddle players. And and he just and he thinks but I think also because they've they've got the French troops in them, I don't know, but he's he's yeah. just they're kind of just second tier. And second yeah, tier in his mind's eye, the main event and I and I, I suspect it's also because, you know, it's that whole kind of straight line to Berlin thing, isn't it? A bit. I, yeah. I think that's probably yeah. coming into it. But anyway, for whatever reason, he's got a beef with Divas and, and, and Sixth Army Group are, are playing second fiddle. And, and the third yeah. week of November, when everyone else is struggling, there is the um, the Sixth Army Group are at the Rhine. You know, they've got there. Yeah. They're, 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 they're pushing there, into, yeah. into Strasbourg. And yeah. uh, and and they realise that on the other side of the Rhine, there's almost nothing. And the reason there's almost nothing is because the Germans are preparing for um, um, Wacht on the Rhine. V- Wacht, Wacht, Wacht on the Rhine. Rhine. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and you know for 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 um for the Ardennes, right? And so what is D- uh, it is Divas saying? Look, there's nobody here. We could we could we could make hay. And well, he just he just I, cracked on and starts playing. There's a, there's a missive from from kind of the end of October. It says you know get up to the Rhine and then then sort of see how you go. Um, yeah, and so seeing how you go, bit he interprets as get across it. Yeah, and so he he's he's planning for it, and all the all the I think it's Hayslip who's the the fifteenth corps commander who's going to go across, uh, and it's all yeah. kind of um it's all lined up. They've got all their boats there. Yeah. They've done all the training. They're all absolutely ready to go. They've they've they re- they're pretty confident that the German positions on the other side of the Rhine are are almost non-existently occupied. Yeah, and it yeah. turns out they're right. Yeah, and Eisenhower then hears about it. He goes, what the hell do you think you're doing? You know, crossing the Rhine. I haven't told you to go across the Rhine. And Davis goes, well, no, mate, you know, I, 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 you know I've interpreted it as such. You know, it's a golden opportunity. Why, why don't you want to take it? And Eisenhower goes, no. Really? Yeah. And so they don't. But that... <coughs> and the well, reason suppose... is, of course, is because because Eisenhower's had a skinful of people going, no, this is a really good idea. Just let me do it. It's going to be brilliant. And then it not quite working out according to plan. Yes, yes. So there is some get, form. Trying to... Yes, attempts to get across the Rhine that cause far more trouble than good. So, at the, so, uh, so in the middle of October, they have all those conferences where they're kind of, OK, Market Garden hasn't worked. We're looking like a broad front. You know, what are we going to do? Yeah. And, and yeah, that's yeah. when they go, right, we're just, it's going to go into 1945. Let's not worry about that. You know, let's just do what we can and, and, and let's re kind of, we'll, we'll do tightening of the line operations all the rest yeah, of it, and then we'll cross yeah. in the new year and that's yeah. that that's what's agreed and so this is a this is a kind of sort of going back on what had been agreed yeah uh, and it strikes of kind of it sort of smacks of of kind of sort of slight balaclava charges and yeah, so he's yeah, 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 so he's yeah. against it and you and you can sort of actually understand why Ike makes a decision he makes but actually you can't argue any other way except that it was a pretty poor decision because yeah. in, obviously retrospectively because it turns out there weren't any troops on the other side and yeah, had yeah, they yeah, crossed yeah. the Rhine what would have happened well um, ferocious response from the Germans yeah I but where's that going to come on... from well I don't know but it's going to come from the Ardennes they... isn't it well exactly yeah so you're yeah, then yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. launch that operation well yeah which means you then don't have it which means you shorten the war by two months well yeah possibly or well, yeah, or the the Germans. I mean, maybe the. But, but then I've always wondered: this does does the Ardennes campaign not shorten the war by two months by the Germans burning up tons of at, 
assets pointlessly. Possibly, that they yeah. could use far more usefully in a in a in a defence in depth of of the Rhine. You know how many how many how many Panthers do you squander? And Panthers are Panthers are useful in a defence in depth thing by that stage of the war. You, you know you look yeah. at the battle at Geilenkirchen where it, it just or oh, Jag Panthers just the trouble you can cause yeah, yeah. if you in defence if you get that right. Yeah. And they squander they squander their assets in that respect. Yeah. To such a degree. I mean, I've, I, I do, you know, that, that, of course. No, I don't we, disagree we, we with don't, that. I don't disagree with that at all. We don't do, we don't do what ifs on, but maybe the, on this podcast, of course we don't, but, but because they're, they're, they're childish and uh, not serious A history. Futile and they're not, not serious history and, and, you know, and they, then they're, they're utterly pointless. But, 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 but what does, but what does, what, what does not doing Wacht am Rhein and saving those assets for defence bring the, bring the Germans. I mean, maybe they need them on, maybe they could hold the Russians up for longer. I mean, I, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a, it, well, it's it, certainly not a strategic earthquake decision by any stretch of the imagination. No, and it, no, but it's it, interesting. Exactly, and, it, and it's interesting the dynamics yeah. that happen. And, and, you know, there is always this, oh, you know, the problem is, is the British, they're also bloody cautious. You know, they're also cautious yeah. and all the rest of it. But everyone's cautious at this stage of the war for precisely yeah. the reasons that we've already been through about Japan well, and also, because of everything else. Because, because you don't want to have another expensive fiasco where you're then having to kind of, you're, you're taking ground only to lose it again, and, and that which you then have to retake. Well, and also that, 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 that you're, then, you're then committed to the Rhine there, aren't you? And how well does that suit? Because even even it, your logistics supplies. Yeah, because because it, even even though you're attempting to do your abroad front, it is still easier to logistically supply the places that are closer to Normandy than the places that are further away at yeah. this stage of the war. Or and Antwerp once Antwerp's open. So I mean, it's a sort of it, it, maybe it's not such. I mean, although. They'd be in, we, we'd all know it. We'd all know Diva's name if he'd done it, wouldn't we? We'd yes. he'd be one of those. He'd be the name on everyone's lips. I, I suppose. I suppose the implication is is that there isn't the level of trust between Diva's and, and Eisenhower that there is between, say, Eisenhower and Bradley, and yeah. and that's why Eisenhower doesn't back it. Yeah. It's because ultimately he thinks Diva's sort of trying to get in above himself. Yeah doesn't trust his judgment quite enough. And actually it's a bit harsh because it's clear that Divas is incredibly competent. As are all yeah. those guys in Sick Farm. Well, I all mean are, they, they all are. are they all are. By this point they haven't all got that job because they're because, because just because of the fact that they're Ike's guy or Marshall's guy or whatever. There, there, there's a lot of that going on, mm. but it's not the it's not the um it's not the Necessarily, a thing that casts the die, and they've got they have to be good, don't they? I mean, yeah, because that's a difficult bloody job, isn't it? Running it, running an army at that level, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, should we do some questions? Go on, then. All right, Gary Clark asks, <clears throat> I quite like this. Do you think we look upon the Luftwaffe as the acceptable face of the German forces, partly because they're insignia? The soft blue and yellow patches, the gently wafting wings of the eagle, Luftwaffe insignia seems as though an advertising th- guru thought, now how can we get away from the harshest of the black and those sharp SS runes? Subconsciously, do we have a positive re- reaction to those soft colours and design? Cheers, Gary. Well, that is interesting, isn't it? But don't forget, get, um, you know, the SS didn't have black after... Well, the Algemeine SS didn't have black after 1939. They're grey, which is quite soft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only tank. I mean, I think, I think, I think, a lot of it's to do with um, notions of fighter pilots being it being chivalrous. Knights of the sky and all that, isn't it? Knights of the sky, which is which is, I mean, it's which which is interesting because that's a thing that that's a thing the Germans worked very very hard on after the First World War, wasn't it? You know, you've got. Richthofen and all that, and that sort of mythology around those around those guys, and and they quite clearly after the Second World War, and we we talked about this a while ago about how um after the Second World War the generals tried to do the same thing as they did after the First World War, which is the politicians let us down. If only we'd been allowed to win the war our way, which is you know the other side of the hill. Little Hearts interviews with all those guys, the German generals get cracking on that, and no, but no one buys no one after the Second World War buys a sort of Hitler stab in the back myth thing yeah um uh in the way that they buy it after the first world war i mean it, yeah but but there's a very conscious also i mean after the second world war you've got a lot of fighter pilots that the and this is the historiography isn't it that a lot of an awful lot of luftwaffe people who you need you need for nato so you go oh, all right then 
you guys are all the Luftwaffe is great and groovy, yeah. and you're all fine, yeah. and you were just yeah, doing yeah. your job. Gunteral, Mackie Steinhoff. I, I yeah, think exactly. I think I think it's a, I think there's, there's more to it than that, um, which is that also in in the kind of narrative and the and of the Second World War. You know, certainly in Britain, there's been a big kind of, you know, the Battle of Britain was a big moment, wasn't it, when that film came out yeah. in 1969 or whenever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah and, yeah. you know, suddenly, you know, Adolf Galland and, and you know, Bob Stanford Tuck and, you know, they're Barder and Johnny Johnson, they were all going off shooting together, weren't they? And kind of, you know, yeah. they were frightfully good chaps and they were all good mates yeah. and they were all kind of massive alpha males. Uh, and, yeah. and suddenly they're all rubbing along together, and, and you sort of think, well, you know, Adolf Gallen, he's this sort of acceptable side of the Third Reich, isn't he? Because you know, yeah, he was rather cool and had a cigar tray in his Messerschmitt, yeah. and yeah. you know, and he still, yeah. you know, and he became mates well, with the fighter pilots afterwards, and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And then, and then also, the, you know, a lot of the memoirs are very much about the band of brothers of the squadron, the, the fighter group, yeah. aren't they? You know, yeah. if you even if yeah. you read Heinz Knocker, it's 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 he's incredibly touching about. You know his comrades and the black humor and the kind of yeah. you know all of which we kind of recognize, don't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and the Mackie Steinhoff as well. You know that, that you read that and you you can't help but empathize and kind of like him as a bloke, can you? Until you yeah. start thinking about you know what he represented. So yeah, I think that's got a lot to do with this, and I think it's a bit like U-boat commanders. Um, U-boat commanders and Luftwaffe, they weren't in the SS. So, you know, that's a yeah. clear distinction. But but somehow they're apart from the rest of the machine. You know, they're not there witnessing kind of, you know, horse carriages of, of Jews and people being sent off to yeah, but- Auschwitz and they're kind of out at sea or they're up in the sky. So they're, 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 if in our mind's eye, they're sort of somehow a step removed. And whether that's just complete nonsense or not is, is frankly neither here nor there because that's the perception. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's nonsense. Um, I think it's nonsense I think it's, too. I mean, but... you know, Galland, Galland. After all, you know, all these guys going hunting were going. They knew, they knew, they knew what going was about. They knew who he was. Yeah, they knew totally. what his con- concerns were politically. Where is it? You know, where his interests lay, so to speak. So, um, I mean, you can't tell me therefore... that Alf Galland didn't know about the Holocaust. No, I know. I mean, no, I missed. He must the, have the, done. Sir, well, of course, he, I don't think it's that he must have done. Of course he did. I think it's that way round. You know, uh, uh, of course he did. And the, all of those guys going, like you say, going hunting together and all that sort of thing. I mean, uh, uh, however, there is something I think Gary Gary's point is is is, is interesting, though, that, that, that the Luftwaffe has these perceptions are they're very powerful aren't they a lot of them mm. a lot of the a lot of the post-war perceptions are extremely powerful and 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 seem resistant yep. to in people's imaginations perhaps to but but then but then so much of the war is, re, it, 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 is and its positioning in people's imaginations is resistant to the to to people saying well hang on a minute i'm not sure that's quite right yeah i mean you know you you the british war machine the warfare state people don't like the idea of that one bit do they? They don't. No. They, they do not like. They've the got their plans. You know, we were rationed really hardly, uh, harshly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but but also, I mean, a lot of also, you know, U-boat captains' jackets, um, Luftwaffe flying jackets. You know, they haven't got any insignia on at all. I mean, they, the tunics yeah. do, but not the flying jackets. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess that that all sort of helps. I don't know. We we definitely do think of uh, we. Do, I, I think, broadly speaking, people think kind of Luftwaffe fighter pilots, particularly, are okay. Yeah. In a way yeah. that you know, yeah, Yock and Piper isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, well, I think we've got time for one more. This is a good one. This is juicy. Um, from Stuart Furlonger via Twitter, or Furlonger. I don't know. Is he a Furlonger or a Furlonger? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm slowly. It's a Furlong, isn't it? So he's a Furlonger. I'm slowly reading my way through Robert Lyman's A War of Empires. So am I, although I'm going quite quickly because I can't put it down. And logistics features heavily within the book. Logistics, as we all know, makes up a lot of what we talk about on the pod and live stream, operational level, etc. How effective were India, Canada, Australia, New Zealand and South Africa at producing war armaments, rifles, tanks, airplanes and artillery, etc.? Did they depend on Lend-Lease or hand-me-downs from Britain and America? Did any of the Dominion armaments make their way into to Britain or did they solely go Absolutely. to outfitting the Dominion armies? Yep. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, both. yeah, they did. Yeah, um, yeah, t- yeah. Canada was the kind of... Um, Canada um, uh, and India were the biggest producers. I mean, all of them produced um, uniforms. 
Yeah. Uh, all of them did produce armaments. Um, Australia yeah. and New Zealand predominantly, um, and South Africa predominantly, um, um, small arms and things like that. Although South Africa yeah. was had a great line in armoured cars, didn't it? Um, yeah. And trucks and various trucks and, and, and various things. But it's, in Canada, it's, they it's were doing tr- big stuff, though, weren't they? They were doing. But in Canada, it's Canada. It's Canada. They're making. They're making. Tanks, tanks. They're making. They're making. They're making. Lancasters. They're making Lancasters. Yeah, Avro Canada. Um, and they're making tons of rifles. I mean, it's the it's yeah. it's your rifles and Bren guns, isn't it? In yeah. vast quantities, millions and millions of rifles is the is the thing. Because yeah. Canada is sort of. And, and any Canadian listening will will not like this, but Canada is me saying this. It's sort of like a mini a mini US in terms of its uh, industrial output during the Second World War, isn't it? Well, it's because they've got massive amount of space in which to suddenly chuck yeah, up yeah, huge exactly. factories. Yeah, yeah. And also, and, they, and, and also what, because and that's what they do. And they've got that legacy from from the railroads and stuff of, of and, and they've got shipbuilding. So they've got shipbuilding. They've got yeah. So that gives you big space. They've they've also got. I mean, you, you know, I was playing with this Sherman the other day, and that was a um, um, a Grizzly, yeah. uh, an America, uh, a Canadian built Sherman, and that was built by the Toronto Locomotive Company or something. Yeah. 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 You know, so you you yeah. know they're used to building big stuff, and that's that's what you want. You know, because yeah. that that suggests that you've got workers and, and engineers who know how to build something on a big scale, and you've yeah. got the you've got the plant itself, which is capable of building something on a big scale, and all these things are incredibly well, important. I mean, that again, you know, go back to it is one of the problems that the Germans have; they don't have enough of those those yeah. kind of factories in the first place. And you can't well, and also, sort of, and also, these factories are all completely unmolested by air attack. They they they, they can <laughs> yes. they can they yeah. can work they can work long shifts and do crazy hours, and everyone. Everyone is in up all night hiding from an air raid yeah. as well, so, and and also you've a motivated motivated workforce because you're not relying on slave labour. So there's 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 none of the no you're paying the... them properly and you're feeding them properly, um, and so your man hours are, are are not massively reduced. You know your yeah. productivity is really really good because everyone's fit, healthy, and getting good night's sleep. Yeah, 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 and so on. Can't put a price um, on that. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, it's interesting though because the Indian, the, you know, the, I mean, this is the po- a point. Uh, Rob makes in his book about how the the whole Indian uh, military infrastructure isn't really isn't designed at all for fighting a war on its front. That the Indian Army's job is uh, you know Northwest Frontier great game stuff, yeah, and <clears throat> internal policing. <clears throat> let's um, let's call it that, shall we? Um, uh, and, and you know, um, th- th- so turning the whole thing around because it's not just it's not just the industry. You know, I mean, the Australians there and the Kiwis, as a result of the First World War, are wise to the idea of expeditionary forces having to, uh, you know, uh, uh, create armies from scratch. There's an there is an Indian army. There's one that exists, but its job is completely different. You know, and it's sent into the into Burma without any proper automatic weapon provision and all that sort of stuff, and isn't isn't trained for any of the things it's asked to do. In the first in the first phase of the war against the Japanese, and so in India you've got you've got you've got to turn the whole thing round, not yep. just war production, but the whole thing. The whole thing. Completely uh, but also, it's also the numbers that you know, because also the people who are in the Indian Army to start off with are, are, are the traditional kind of sort of you know martial types from kind of yeah, some yeah. northern India and what is now Pakistan and yeah. all the rest of it. And, and and what's interesting about the transformation is that, that the Indian Army that it becomes by late nineteen forty three. It's from all India, yeah, and yeah. and that goes totally against the grain. I mean, it's, it's it's just so fascinating, and it's such an extraordinary achievement, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, quite, it's, it's it's on a par, I think, with with the transformation of the you know the American army from kind of nothing to you know what they're doing in. Well, the more uh, the more I'm reading about it, the more it, the more that that's how it how it feels. But also, you can see why it's completely galvanising for uh, the idea of an Indian nation in the way that the nationalist movements... Well, in the way that the nationalist movements, in a strange way, haven't quite captured yep. yet. Um, because because you've got to... You've got to op- you've, you know, you've got the... Opting into the nationalist movement is different to opting in for an army fighting to defend the country. Then your your, your level of opting in is is different and the, and, the, and the cultural effect of it is different. It's not just purely political. And I think that's, that's, that's really, really, really interesting. I mean, the thing is, is... You know, Australia. Australia does, does produce um, the Brewster Buffalo. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, I think Thinking maybe. Yeah, yeah. They do deliver the Australians deliver an aircraft. Yeah. And uh, and a tank. Brewster Buffalo. There's an Australian. Mate. Yeah, there's an Australian tank. Um, 
they're not that you know they're not being too shy about it are they yeah exactly they're getting they're getting involved yeah (laughs) um it's 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 it's, you know you're talking duke here yeah absolutely absolutely i mean the thing is is but it is it is it is india and canada that do the bulk of it because they're the they're economically the biggest players aren't they anyway got biggest space Um, biggest number of people yeah yeah workforce is everything isn't it you know you're trying to you're trying to produce um, frontline servicemen, but you're also trying to find find workforce. And, yeah, you know, if you, actually no, that doesn't really apply to Canada, does it? Because it's tiny. It's only got a population of about twenty million. I don't know. Yeah, talking nonsense. Yeah. Well, they're not conscripting either, are they? No, right? that's so, true. That's true. Yeah. I, I mean, it's amazing. You know, you again. I know. I keep saying it about about Canada punching above its weight, but you know, you think about it. You know, the, of all the all the armies, um, the Canadians in Northwest Europe have the highest casualties. And they're all volunteers. Yeah. It's just amazing. Or nearly all of them. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's incredible, no, it's, it's, isn't it? It's absolutely amazing. Well, you know what? We've uh, we've digressed a fair bit, Jim. We've got more. We've got more to come. By the way, um, uh, we touched on it at the start of the podcast. James and I, uh, we're we're doing a week about. Uh, we're doing a week of the uh, about December forty one, aren't we? Yeah. So that's December forty one week, that, 41 which will start obviously in. <laughs> In December. <laughs> yeah, in December. That's what's coming. Yeah. That's what's on the horizon. Our 400th episode is also on the horizon. But the way this podcast works out, we w- we'll suddenly realise it's the 400th episode in- halfway through doing it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then have to do something re- retroactively about it. But um, thank you all f- uh, for listening. We're back on Thursday with the James Holland special from Spain. Walking, I know, I know you're, not, you're not very happy about that. But it, I mean, what's he doing? What's he doing? It's sick. Second World War. I know. Um, I know. Uh, I know. But don't good. give me oh, don't give me the Condor Legion and it sets the Germans up. They, those guys last about five minutes. Anyway, a reminder <laughs> that once the main event begins, a reminder that Family Stories is back and you can listen to them over coffee and toast on a Sunday morning. Um, thank you very much for listening. Bye for now. Cheerio. Cheerio.